Market, Pancreation Philosophy, episode 217. I'm your host, Pocholo Cruz. Welcome to the show, everybody. we got a special guest here today. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. All right. My name is Ryan Shaloya. I've been training martial arts um, most of my life, 15 plus years. Uh, started in karate, uh, got my black belt in that, and then uh, transferred over to jiu-jitsu Got my black belt in that. Uh, taught at many different schools and have some BJ Fanatics instructionals. And um, I also teach law enforcement as well. Well, thanks for joining us, Ryan. And I guess let's go Let's go back for your training. I guess, what, how did you get started uh, training karate? Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, my mom signed me up. Okay. <laughs> Way back in the day, I think I was yeah. like 11, 11 or 12. 11 or 12, okay. And, uh, you know, I was like right on the border where, you know, there was like a kid's class, but then there was an adult's class. Okay. And I was put in the kid's class, but I didn't really like it. And then um, I finally got put in the adult's class, and I really, you know, saw that there's something to this and uh, fell in love with it. And just became obsessed and then found jujitsu and became obsessed mm-hmm. and uh, can't think of, of any activity that I love to do more. Okay. So I guess like for you, um, so I guess when your martial arts, you know, learning started, um, I mean, as you know, you've been in it so long, you know, people come and go. I guess like what, what made you like want to keep with it or what made you want to stick with it? Like, as a, like, when, I guess, like, when you were starting, like, when you're, like, 11 or 12, what made you think, like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll keep doing this thing? Yeah. Um, you know, I've been asked this before, mm-hmm. and it, it's interesting, like, uh, people are like, oh, you know, haven't you, like, ever thought of quitting? And, I mean, I, I guess, <laughs> but, like, I just love martial arts so much. Mm-hmm. That, like, for as long as I could remember, I've just accepted it as it's a part of my life. And mm-hmm. quitting or stopping uh, just doesn't even like yeah, just, yeah, just doesn't even go. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that because it's it's like at a point where if since it's such a part of your life, it's like you know, not not brushing your teeth or like not not showering. Like, oh, that well, that just be weird. Why would I just stop that? Right. It's like just become such a general part. Like if, if anything, it's not even the fact that you thinking about, it's like, you can't imagine like not doing it. So. Right. Right. I saw this uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast. Okay. They asked him like, you know, when do you think you're going to stop working out? And he was yeah. like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like uh, that doesn't even make sense. Like it's ingrained in who I am. It's a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the thing that jogged my memory is he said my memory is he said that it's as much a part of me as like brushing my teeth or like just doing the normal things that i do every day so yeah i feel the same way about yeah it's like it's not out of your routine it is the routine yeah like, yeah in fact it being not in your life now that's out of the routine now that would be like oh i didn't <laughs> i didn't do that today okay and I guess when okay so started karate and then got got to Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I guess in terms of the um 
I guess, like, when did you, um, like, did you compete in karate or did you do any of the karate competitions? Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Um, I was always more into the coach role, but I did a couple okay. uh, karate competitions and, you know, it was, it was never like something that I, I really loved, uh, mm -hmm. was like point sparring competitions and there was like not such a real kind of, uh, practical aspect of that, which I didn't think was, was too cool. Mm -hmm. and then there was like full contact karate, uh, tournaments and stuff. And that was like a uh, much more real thing. But, you know, I never, I never fell in love with like getting punched in the head in any regard. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I always just found that I loved jujitsu the most and okay. wanted to make that, that my thing, you know? Cool. And then, okay. Yeah. So you mentioned, yeah, you trained and then, you know, became a coach, I guess. Like, so how did, like, how did the uh, coaching like first start? Like for you, like what opportunities like happened there? That's actually an interesting, an interesting uh, kind of question. And my life kind of took a interesting turn mm -hmm. where I was like, you know, 13, 14, 15, really training a lot, like all day after school. Mm -hmm. And there was something called a, a leadership program at the karate school. Okay. And I enrolled in the leadership program. And it was like, you could intern, you could start to teach like a couple of classes. You learned like how to actually teach, how to actually like run a martial arts school. Mm -hmm. And I just really sort of took to it uh, to such a degree that I really, um, I got, I got a job there. I got a full-time job there. Okay. And then I was in like 10th grade working a full-time job, like seven hours a day after school. Where I was like, I, I was going to school in the morning and then I had a full adult job um, yeah. at nighttime. So it was a crazy time. I uh, I can't believe like I couldn't do that same like schedule now. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I I started in it so young and and it just became my whole life and uh, mm -hmm. just lived like a really interesting kind of uh, like high school type uh, area where mm -hmm. I wasn't really interested in what the teachers were teaching me at school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, a uh, an idiot kid and I was like, you know, I make more money than this teacher anyway. So <laughs> what, yeah. what, what could they tell me? And yeah, what's this teacher teaching me really? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, silly kind of, uh, mindset and stuff, but you know, that's what, what you do when you're, uh, ignorant and young. And, uh, just really kind of focused all of my attention in martial arts. And then um, there was like a martial arts expo kind of thing that my instructor would put on. And I okay. saw jujitsu at one of those um, like expos at, at one of those expos. And to me, like my karate instructor was like <laughs> this God, like undefeatable. <laughs> and uh, he, he did some sparring with the jujitsu guy and I just could not believe what I was watching and I was like, Oh man, I got to learn. I got to learn some of this stuff, you know? Okay. Got it. So yeah, you're coaching karate, went to an expo, saw Brazilian jujitsu. And I guess, so were you still like teaching karate and then also learning BJJ or how did like, how did that transition happen? We had two classes a week 
okay. on Wednesdays and Fridays. Okay. And I went to every single class, never, never missed a class ever. And there was like a, a period of many, many different instructors. It was really like humble beginnings. I was a white mm -hmm. belt for, for over four years. Mm -hmm. And um, at some points, the class was taught by a blue belt, you know? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And the, the techniques that we learned were like precious nuggets of gold, you know? <laughs> and we were like so spoiled today where we have instructions yeah. from like the best guys that have ever done jujitsu, just like at our fingertips. And the information yeah, is just out there. Like you, yeah. you can access it, yeah. You um, could find podcasts like this, like find all different like philosophies and things to uh to learn about but it was uh it was humble beginnings and uh i still loved it so much back then and i knew florida had a big i live in florida now had okay. a big kind of jujitsu community and mm -hmm. uh, some people that i sort of knew down here and uh moved to florida and just made it like my full-time thing okay okay so yeah, trained BJJ made made it like your your full time thing, and you know, of course, you know, began coaching it and teaching teaching there. I guess how did um like so how did that transition then go? So when did you go from just like training BJJ to then you know to to then like teaching others? Like how 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 was that how was that part of your journey? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was a it was a, a bit of a difficult transition. Uh, mm -hmm. I had already gotten like my black belt in karate and I sort of felt like I did like what I needed to do in karate. Okay. Uh, I was, uh, I think like just gotten my blue belt at the time when I was 18 and moved down to Florida. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I got to learn this jujitsu thing. And, um, I just can't, I can't like deny myself, uh, like to have this knowledge and like, to have my own school one day and to, to actually teach this in my school and get to the level that I wanted to get to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was like, so connected. I had such good relationships with the people at the karate school, uh, a real genuine, uh, you know, love for my instructor and uh, many of the people there. And, uh, it hurt, it hurt really bad to leave, but, um, mm -hmm. but I, I had to figure out, what was going on with this jujitsu stuff yeah you had to yeah you had to separate like spread your wings get out of the nest so so to say yes exactly, exactly. and then yeah so you're there learning like learn learning bjj and then like how is um i guess like how 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 is that part of your journey like progressing like so you do you say you got like a blue belt probably when you're when you're 18 and then like what was the what was the next part of your martial arts journey there yeah um, well, I had a little bit of money saved up from working like full time and I lived mm -hmm. down here and I just trained like full time, just trained like 12 hours a day. And I was at the school, school called Gracie Baja Kissimmee, okay. uh, it's in Kissimmee, Florida. And, uh, I had known a couple of guys there in Mojo and Twista, shout out to them. And we had, you know, great, great training. I really like upped my, my skill level. And eventually I got a job working for Marcio Simas, who's a, a coral belt and really is, um, you know, really brought jujitsu to Florida. Okay. Good. Is the OGs and legends of the game. And, and then I ended up like running his school and training under uh, my my professor, who's under him, uh, Rodrigo Longo. Got it. 
Um, then just it became my life. I was doing the same, you know, wake up, yeah, uh, you know, train, teach, uh, sell memberships, run the school, mm-hmm. and um, you know, then train again at night. Got it. So pretty much like just more of the martial arts lifestyle, which had already been like pretty much part of you since since you were like in high school. And then now it's just like adult wise now learning different martial art, but still bringing in like those same, like pretty much the, the same work ethic and your same uh, enthusiasm for it. Okay. So then, of course, you trained up there, became and then and then became like a became, became a black belt. And now, like, you know teaching coaching in terms of that i guess like what's keeping you you know what, what what's like what's your martial arts like day to day looking like now like in terms of you know teaching coaching like classes like how, how's that going <laughs> um well currently i'm still recovering i just had a uh, hip surgery okay okay um it wasn't an injury from jiu-jitsu it was like a congenital bone issue um, okay so I had hip surgery. I'm still recovering from that. And lately it's really just been upgrading the software yeah. and uh, not so much using the hardware, but I still teach. Yeah. And uh, I really, I love teaching. I love okay. when a student really uh, starts to take on the techniques, philosophies, mindsets, concepts that I try to convey to them. And I can see mm-hmm. that, you know, it becomes a part of them too. That's like such a, a priceless, beautiful uh, uh, transfer of, of knowledge and uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. For sure. And I guess that, that brings a good point. So in terms of like the teaching aspect, like how did um, like, let, let's like, like how, how, how's your teaching, I guess, like changed, like from when you, like when you first began like teaching to, I guess, to, you know, teaching now, like what's, what's, what's changed the most for you? Oof. That's a great question. I've never been asked that question before. Um, how has my teaching changed? Hmm. I mean, you know, in I think there's there's like almost two two prongs to that question. Mm-hmm. One is like, um, how did the actual skill set of yeah teaching uh improve over time and how did the ability to teach the actual like what was the evolution of the teaching of the techniques themselves Mm. okay okay i guess i guess for that i guess let's go let's go with the with the first prong then like what was you know in terms of you know teaching ability because I, i think that's the thing it's just because you're necessarily like, you know, proficient at something doesn't necessarily mean that you can teach it. And I'm, I'm sure, or it's like, <laughs> you, you know, just because, because I think the thing, especially, you know, especially having, you know, teaching coach people myself, I realize, Oh, like what I learn is very, it's like, it's almost like, I know just because I know myself how to do it doesn't necessarily mean I can show others how to do it. It's like, cause it's sometimes it's so ingrained that, Oh, I, I don't quite, I can't quite see myself in like a third person. Like, okay, what, what exactly is this knowledge that I'm, that I'm giving out here? Like what, yes. like what, what are the pieces? You almost have to, you know, deconstruct like your own, your own self through as Okay. Like what, like what, what am I actually imparting? 
So I think that's like one point I remember, like in terms of teaching, it's like, okay, I can't just, there's like, there's understanding, there's what I thought was understanding something. And then there's, oh, wait, do I really understand this thing as deep as I thought I did? Mm -hmm. It's just really, I guess, like the actual depth in terms of, in terms of knowledge. Cause I, I recall that, I guess, um, yeah. So like for you, like when you're, I guess let's, let's talk about present. So like when you're like, when, when, when you're teaching now, like what's one thing that, it's like, what's one thing that, that you do now that you, you know, did when you first started that I guess like was, was a big change for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, it so depends because I think a big part of teaching is knowing your audience. Yeah. And yeah. It really depends who I'm teaching. I teach them differently. Yes. Based on the audience that I'm working with. And for sure. it changes so much if it's private lessons, if it's mm -hmm. classes or seminars or, yeah. or whatever uh so i think that that context is important too mm -hmm. um just to hit on a point that you hit on beautifully is that i explained the same kind of thing that that you were explaining there about to get really good at a specific technique in jujitsu you you want to like achieve that highest level of mastery which is like that unconscious competence where mm -hmm. you're able do the move without thinking without thought and the move just happens but one step below that unconscious competence is the conscious competence of being able to like work through each individual step so i see a lot of guys that are are actually incredible at jiu-jitsu and that really have amazing skills mm -hmm. but struggle to actually explain it because they don't go go back and try to look at it from the eyes of the actual audience that they're teaching yeah yeah a great tool of being able to know your audience i believe this even won a nobel uh, prize was that model of um you know unconscious incompetence someone doesn't even know what they don't know yeah um, conscious incompetence where they sort of have some idea they're just starting to like understand the depths of things and then conscious competence where they are, are really starting to get organized and like can break things down step by step. And then finally, like to where they uh, just can do the move without thinking. It's just a part of their like nervous system and it's second nature to them. And I think teaching um, in a way where you know your audience and you could you could figure out where the person is on that scale <laughs> in the context that you're working with, I think is, uh, is an essential part to teaching and getting the message through to the actual person where they are at, at that current time. For sure. I think, yeah, I think you hit a great point when you talk about like knowing your audience, it's because yeah, teaching can't, can occur with like a cookie cutter, like person A is going to learn different than person B, person C is going to learn different than person A or B. And it's just a matter of Especially when you're talking about when it's like let's say like a group class, let's say like more than you know more than 15 people. That's like a lot of different learning styles, different levels that you have to, you know, that you have to understand. And I, I think I think that's uh, I think that's also one part of teaching that comes becomes better over time. It's just understanding you know the student or understanding like who who you're teaching and how how do they. Like, yeah, how, how do they respond best to, like, communication or what kind of communication? Like, you know, 
do are they visual do they need to like feel it is it like hearing like is it like you know auditory like they need to hear like cues and figuring that out and i think that comes part with the yeah in terms of teaching in terms of like teaching like i guess teaching style you realize oh there's different learning styles and that's there's different cues like for that and different people will respond well of course like no one's just like strictly one thing but some people tend to be more dominant just depending on you know past experiences or just how how they operate and it's yeah and it's interesting as you you know become more like progress as a teacher you can see or like you can you can tell that or you can read that like a lot faster in terms of that and like realize, okay this this is what i'll do like here and here so I guess so. When it comes to yeah, okay, let's go back to that question. When it comes to let's say teaching like a general, like a like a general class, like where there's varying degrees of levels, like how do you find like, you know, how, how do you find like how you're gonna reach like that? Let's say there's you know there's you know there's white belts and like you know blue belts like that are maybe like high like high blue belts maybe almost purple. Like how do you how would you teach like that kind of almost beginning and intermediate kind of class? Right. I think that, that that's such a great question. So to use a, a bit of an analogy, I loved your points too about the kinesthetic auditory visual learners and all that I think is important. Um, to use a bit of an analogy, I think when you're teaching a group class with a lot of different levels, mm-hmm. um, you're teaching a wave of information mm-hmm. and everyone is sort of surfing that wave on their own surfboard. So knowing and understanding the difficulty of group instruction is important because you have to be able to challenge the highest level person in the class Mm -hmm. and you need to make it basic and simple enough to um, have the lowest level person in the class understand what you're actually talking about so even combining with what you've asked me before i think the thing that i've i've become better at and that i've increased at over time is to be able to teach on multiple levels at the same time. I think that's really the the answer to that question of how do I challenge two students of completely different skill levels in the same class? And um, I, I think, you know, just like how you learn Shakespeare in English class, like the lower level student can like understand the actual, like uh, the, the grammar, the words, the, the, a bit of the story of things, but then the higher level students in the class will understand like the fundamental uh, nature of reality and the, and the concepts of the human condition behind mm-hmm. the actual story of the Shakespeare text yeah. itself. So being able to interweave um, the, the technique or whatever it is that you're teaching into that multifaceted approach where a purple belt can understand and a white belt can understand um, is I think something that takes time mm-hmm. um, and that it takes some practice and it takes some thought and uh, lesson planning, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I think that answers your question. Yeah. As yeah. Far as my thoughts on that. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. And I think, I think it's a great point. It's like, yeah, it, it, yeah. With the I like that wave of information because yeah, there'll be people you know more experienced. They'll be like, okay, they can go a bit you know higher, like further out there. Whereas like 
somebody that's maybe you know day one or they're fairly new like oh i'm, I'm just trying to, i'm just trying to get into the water trying, yeah. trying to survive like that and so mm-hmm. i think that's a pretty good point it's like yeah figuring out like the levels and because you can yeah because you can still have in the same in the same scope you can still you can help like both or you know all levels in terms of that. it's just a matter of how you how you approach it and how you um how you teach it and yeah, so I think that's a good point. And, and I guess, like, furthermore, in, in terms of that, uh, so, like, when you're, um, yeah, you mentioned you have, like, several instructionals. So when you do have an instructional, and I think that's a different kind of teaching, too, because it's almost, uh, uh, I personally haven't done an, an instructional. I've typically only, you know, taught, like, people. I guess, like, when it comes to you, like, forming how are you going to teach an instructional, like, who do you, I guess, in that audience, since you know the audience, I guess, is broad, do you have like an audience like in mind when you're teaching, when you're teaching that? And like, how do you approach that kind of scope? Like, let's say when you're filming an instructional. Right. Great question. So I, um, I think the main difficulty of teaching an instructional is that literally anyone could buy it. So yeah. you're you don't all- know exactly who's getting the wave of information. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it, there's this like, tremendous propensity of the amount of different levels of people that could possibly be looking at this information. So I think that's one of the challenging things about an instructional, but I really try to, um, I really try to boil down, okay, well, what are the actual principles here? What are the actual concepts here mm-hmm. um what is the the context in which these moves sit in and i do my best to explain uh what that is to to give people the context and the and the understanding around the techniques to be able to when they see the actual physical techniques um have like something to relate it to have a, a better understanding of it as a whole so um that's what I try to do as far as the uh, instructionals, but also like, you know, it's um, it is a challenging, a challenging idea, you know, that yeah. literally anyone could, could watch it, you know? Yeah, for, for sure. I guess like what was um, like, what, what, what was like the first instructional that you did? Like, was it like on a certain technique or what was, uh, what, what, what did you cover on it? Uh, first instructional I did was actually a law enforcement instructional. Okay. Law enforcement instructional. Okay. I did, uh, I used to work security and stuff Okay. Uh, okay. for anything like security wise or law enforcement wise. And, uh, you know, I, I treated that as if it was people that were completely new to mm-hmm. and, um, sort of was able to hone in better on that audience. Got it. Got it. It's just a, yeah, in terms of that, you know, law enforcement, yeah. There's, a, and I guess there's like, you know, specific, yeah, and there's like, you know, specific, uh, what was, I guess, specific goals, right? If you're in law enforcement, it's not like, you're not necessarily going for a submission, really, at that point. You're really trying to get them to, let's say, like a, like a handcuffing kind of position, like there are a position where you're in control and you can, you can take control of, you know, their limbs so they're not thrashing about. So I guess like how was, uh, uh, I guess like, did you just like derive that from, you know, from your security experience or is there like, you know, law, law enforcement, like do you have like, I guess you probably trained law enforcement before that. Right. And then yeah. that's what led to it. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, these questions are great. Like, dude, you got some serious insight into <laughs> so many different things. It's uh, it's refreshing and and great questions. So, um, there was a bunch of law enforcement officers at the school that I was at, and mm -hmm. we would do this thing like after every class where. Sheesh, I don't even really remember how it started, but okay. they ask like questions of like, okay, this happened in the field. Yeah, yeah. What would you do in this kind of situation? Got and it. It just became this thing where it was like every day after the noon class, mm -hmm. we all like get together and discuss like all the different situations or things that happened in the field or like just how you were saying every uh, ending to the fight. Uh, submission how the fight ends in jiu-jitsu is just not the same for yeah. someone in law enforcement yeah, like it's, it's not necessarily a viable scenario for someone in law enforcement to right. necessarily end up in that kind of situation yeah <laughs> they have to get the medical attention after that mm -hmm. and like okay what are you going to do like break the submission and then like you still need to handcuff them yeah. like yeah. it just becomes such a, a nightmare so you need to make sure like every technique ends in a handcuffing procedure mm -hmm. and really in a lot of ways, the goals of jujitsu are to get the fight to the floor. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times in law enforcement, the goal is the exact opposite yeah. to uh, keep the fight standing. Or even um, I, I have a takedown system in there where I make considerations for this and every takedown results in you still standing and they end up on the ground. So yeah. to be able to have that ability to um, not get into a grappling fight is, is an important goal for, law enforcement as well. So the instructional took a lot of like meeting with law enforcement, mm -hmm. like hearing what they had to say, hearing like the struggles that they have to deal with mm -hmm. and kind of being able to shape and mold jujitsu um, based on what they were telling me that they were dealing with. Got it. So you had like a lot of pretty much like live, like Q and a in terms of, you know, law enforcement situations. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's good. Well, and of course, I mean, there's only so many like situations you can be, be prepared for, right? I mean, it's 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 very it's it's just volatile. Is kind of the nature of the job. Like there, there's no like, oh well, let me just look in the handbook what to do in this right. situation here. You can't, sometimes it's really just making it's just, just making the most of it. So I think that's I think that's very uh, that's very interesting. And, and yeah, as you said, unique kind of grappling experiences where yeah, maybe you don't want to be yeah end up you know, having to roll around or want to minimize that like as much as possible because they're just in the circumstances like one pop, probably cement, probably a hard kind of floor, <laughs> not, not going to be as forgiving as mats. And then maybe the breed, there's like, a, there's a lot of situations, like different situations there. So that's like, that's really interesting. That's interesting how that was, you know, your, your first instructional like there. And I guess like after doing that, like what was like, what, what was the feedback like for it? Like how did, uh, like what, what, I guess, what did you learn most like after doing your first instructional? Oh man, the feedback was awesome. That's probably my favorite part. Uh, I had literally people from like all around the world uh, message me that the instructional like helped them. I had, I had uh, like law enforcement officers in Australia oh, wow. uh, contacting me like, dude, your, your instructional, like, it, it helped me like go home safe to my family. Like, thank you so much. And like, um, it, it almost brings a, a tear to my eye. I, I even remember like extreme situations where 
guys uh, messaged me that that work in like maximum security prisons and they have to like deal with these really difficult situations um, and you know that they were able to use the instructional to to help them to make sure that not only they were safe that the um, the actual inmate was safe as well so uh, you know that means the world the world to me and um, yeah that, that was that was so cool yeah, that's gotta be because yeah, you know once again, I mean, like we talked about in the beginning, you don't know exactly who's gonna who's gonna get like the uh, that because access is out there, but that's yeah, you know, it's like continents away, like your your knowledge was like being used, and that's what was being shared, and that's you know that's, I mean, that's the power of, <laughs> I guess, just all the like you said, all the information being available out there, like that. You know, wasn't possible maybe even what like 10, 15 years ago, especially yeah. in, in in this kind. So, I guess like, um, I guess that's a pretty good question. So, I guess like nowadays, let's you know, as you teach, let's say like as you're teaching like be- beginners, because it is like a very different like environment than you know the one that that you started in. When there is when there is like a bunch of like information out there, like what 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 would you suggest like if someone's you know just starting out? I guess, of course, it really depends on, like, them as a student. But, like, um, uh, I guess, like, what, like, how, 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 do, how do you have people, like, I guess, navigate? Because, like, I guess sometimes, like, what I see, this may not necessarily happen to, like, most beginners, but sometimes there's almost, like, information kind of overload where there's just so much information out there, like, you don't even know necessarily, like, to begin. And let's just say, like, in the general standard, if somebody – you know, wants to get into like BJJ and they're like, I just don't really know like where to, where to start. And they don't quite have like an athletic, you know, base like to stand on. Like, are there any like starting points or any like general points that you would want a beginner to begin in? Yeah. Um, even transitioning off of your last question too, some questions that I get a lot are from like law enforcement officers that are like, I'm in, I really want to mm-hmm. train. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw your instructional, it was great, but like, can you recommend a school for me? And, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So that's a question that I get a lot. So, uh, the, the two top things that I look for is I look for a good fundamentals program where there's actually a class engineered for beginners. Jiu-Jitsu has an unfortunately high dropout rate. And mm-hmm. there are some schools that just are not organized in their sense of, um, you know, you, you go in there and you're sort of a, a training partner for some for some killers, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fresh meat, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, having a school that uh, transitions the person into training in a, uh, a positive, safe way, I think is so important in a, in a fundamentals program. But also, I think it's really important for the school to... Um, talk with the student and understand what the actual goals are Mm -hmm. of the student. Yeah. Because, you know, there could be so many different goals of the person that's walking into a martial arts school. And I look for schools that are trying to um, help them with their goals and, and even like meet with them um, to see if they've like accomplished their goal and, and to have that good fundamental program so that they could really actually help them with the thing that, that brought them in the door. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good place to start. Um, I think what you said about like, 
just in your own awareness, having your own self-awareness of how you best learn, like kinesthetically, auditorily, and visually, I think are all also like really important, like good places to start and like to know, to know about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I'd probably begin looking for a school. I think, yeah, I think, I think those are great points, especially just because yeah, different people have different goals. Like, you know, some, uh, let's say like, you know, a 16 year old kid that wants to, you know, join has, you know, different goals or, you know, reasons than maybe like a, let's say like, you know, 45, 50, 50 year old, like gentleman, who just like wants to like a a different, like a, a, you know, just wants a a place like, you know, to learn or, you know, or, you know, to a person that's in law enforcement trying to gain skills, like they, they, like all three have different, you know, goals and to what brings them in. And that's going to definitely dictate like what they're, I guess, how, how they train and what, what they're training for. So I guess understanding that is like, is, is, is very important because yeah, all three of those are going to approach training in like a different way, just because they're going after different things. For sure. I couldn't agree more. Okay. And I guess in, I guess like Ryan, so like you're, you know, currently like recovering, I guess like, what what do you, uh, what's your advice for people that are kind of in a similar position as you where, yeah, they, you know, upgrade, upgrade the software, but the hardware is not necessarily being able, you know, to be accessed right, right now. Like what's the, I guess, how do you, like, yeah, what's, how, how do you navigate that? Like what's your, um, uh, yeah. How, how, how do you like, you know, still be learning without actually having, you know, your, your body is kind of limited at the moment. You're asking the tough questions. The tough <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, good question. Tough question, but good question. So I think that, I think that the area of, um, like just the the somatic kind of culture has like been you know changing and has sort of upgraded lately i'm uh, super blessed to have so many like really intelligent physical therapists mm-hmm. um to have really intelligent like biomechanic specialists that i work with on a regular basis to try to help me like come back to training and i think incorporating a smart and intelligent way to, uh, to, uh, exercise, I, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. I think, um, a lot of the jujitsu moves, they're kind of thrown out there as like natural body movements and like yeah. that it's a hundred percent like the healthiest possible thing. Yeah. Um, but like, there that's maybe not necessarily the case like uh good examples hicks and gracie right now mm-hmm. is uh using some biomechanics training to like supplement his injuries and mm-hmm. to uh get back into to actually really teaching and being a part of jujitsu which i think is is so great and um just like if you're in if you're in the actual uh classes and like have a body that's like really healthy, like be so grateful that like you get the opportunity to Mm -hmm. be able to train and be like thankful that you were allowed another day to train. Um, So I think that that's also really important too. And I would say that like that uh, the number one hindrance I see of people 
uh, getting slowed in their development is mm-hmm. actually injuries. Yes. So yes. If you have some sort of biomechanics regimen, if you look into, um, you know, there's, there's so many different like modalities of ways that you could help your body. I mean, I, I, I struggle to say one particular one or another because everyone yeah. has their own positives and ben- and negatives as well. Yeah. Um, but just to be intelligent and t- to take care of your body and to, um, you know, have a goal of longevity in mind to, to oh, not yeah. be injured oh, yeah. and uh, try to, to uh, stay on the mats as long as possible. It's a, it's a consistency game. So For sure. You, you get, um, on the mats, the, the better you're going to be. And then mm-hmm. uh, to just be absolutely grateful that you have the, the opportunity to train if, if you do now, as far as upgrading uh, like my own knowledge and like studying, I have like, hold on right here. Mm-hmm. I have like flashcards from like okay. instructionals Um and like I'm going through them and um, I'm always looking at different things. And fortunately I have a lot of students, so I use them as my Guinea pigs. <laughs> and, uh, I can yeah. you know, teach them things and see how well they're taking to it and uh, show them new concepts or ideas. And I could see like how they are able to grow and use that for themselves. And mm-hmm. in a way I'm learning it, um, as well with them yeah. as, as they're learning it too. So. Got it. It's like a learning by proxy. You're like, okay, you're it's, it's working because you, you see it working with them. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, I mean, that's a great point you brought up too. just, you know, long longevity and especially, I mean, that's something that, you know, most beginners may not be, you know, thinking about, but is, yeah, as you, as you said, I mean, I've seen that for sure. Like, injuries are a big hindrance to training especially you know if you're if you're a beginner that could be <laughs> especially if you you know you're only like a few months in a few months out that's you know that's that's time that you could have spent like learning where you could have you know doubled like what, what, what knowledge you, that you had like sometimes one of the best abilities to gain is availability <laughs> in terms of that and great uh, great, quote. great quote yeah i think that's uh yeah and i think that kind of goes down to as well, like we're talking about earlier, like just awareness, not just, you know, of the, you know, how you learn, but also like how you move, like in terms of biomechanics, right? Because you can kind of tell, you know, kind of tell if you're maybe not as flexible, like one way or maybe maybe not, maybe like tight when you're moving in, in a general direction. It's like, and I think it comes with like body, you know, with body awareness, just as more as you're being able to move through space. But yeah, just figuring out, you know, what's like, what, 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 you know, are there like, you know, weak points or are there necessarily like not strong points like for you just because, yeah, it's all about, yeah, it's all cons- consistency and volume. That's, that's really ultimately what, what matters most. And sometimes, um, sometimes people just go at it like, like a bit too, like a bit too intensely and then have to, have to, you know, have to, have to motor it down. Not, not because they want to, but because they have to, because yeah. of circumstances. So. I think that's a, that's something definitely good for for anyone to consider, but especially like you know beginners wise, like understanding like how their body moves and how they um, yeah how they how they operate in space. Yeah. yeah, just one quick point, and I actually want to ask you a question. For uh, sure. 
is I think a lot of the, just to speak to beginners, a lot of the um, starting phases of jujitsu is being able to learn how to control your own body so that yeah. you are learning to be able to control other people's bodies. Mm -hmm. But that learning how to like control and move your own body is a serious like um like all those book all those books on the bookshelf behind you yeah, yes uh, like endeavor not just okay you know can i do a bridge or or mm -hmm. can i shrimp across the mat mm -hmm. uh, but that is such a huge topic and um it is a fundamental element that of course you have to have some understanding of how to do to even be able to gain any type of success mm -hmm. but to also carry with you throughout your entire career uh or your entire training time yeah yeah for sure yeah. so the question i want to ask you this is like the philosophy pancreation philosophy podcast right yes yeah um, i'm a huge lover of philosophy myself and i was just curious like what philosophies you've come into contact with uh during the podcast or during your training that you sort of see within the training and you see within life um and just any philosophy that you found interesting from your martial arts journey as well oh yeah oh yeah for sure i mean given and of course you know given the name of it you know pancreation you know, of course, like stoicism, like that was, you know, a, a, a big, a big part of it. And then just because there's a lot of, you know, there, there's a little, I mean, martial, I mean, you can't, you can't really separate the war right, from, 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 from the martial arts. So definitely I looked into a lot of, uh, yeah, there's like, you know, stoicism is like Marcus Aurelius, definitely one of the, one of the big ones there. But I've also, of course, looked into a lot of, I guess the, the Eastern, the Eastern uh, martial arts, or not just martial arts, but also their philosophies. You know, Sun Tzu, Art of War, like a, a, a classic one there. And it's it's interesting. You know, the more you look at, it's always like what's interesting, like to me, because you know, the more you look at, uh, you know, the more you look at martial arts, and then uh, I guess just understanding your history, I guess, and, and weapons. It's like what, um, like how 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 combat how combat's done whether it's like one-on-one -on -one or whether it's done on, on a larger scale, it really, it really kind of boil, boils down to like, to, yeah, to really simply, you know, art, you know, art of war kind of like fighting in terms of really has not changed in like, in like about thousands of years, no matter like, you know, the component, like the people that do it definitely have changed, like the components, the things that we do, but at the, kind of similar to what you're talking about, like kind of like the boiling, you know, if you boil down the concepts of it, it's really not, it's really not that much different than what, uh, yeah, what, what our ancestors like were doing. So I guess that's like one interesting point, like, you know, the I see, and then that's why I kind of see all oh, of the, the, the really the usefulness of being able to see from what past masters have, have been able to look at, of course, some another classic one, the, yeah, the uh, well, what was Musashi's book? Was it the Book of Five Rings? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just, it's just quite fascinating on just how um, you know, people that did that didn't know English and that didn't know that their works were going to survive like this long, how it can still pertain to somebody that's you know that's <laughs> that that's doing this style thousands of years later that's kind of why, why i enjoy you know of course like the philosophy aspect but you know just connecting that with the physical aspect that yeah we've 
have have we come a far way from you know from where Marcus Aurelius and where Sun Tzu and Musashi were? Yes, but in terms of the mind, like have we really come that far? Maybe, like, maybe not really. Maybe maybe we haven't come so much. Maybe there there's definitely still some some good lessons like to learn like from the past. So that's kind of what you know made me want to you know of course love to discuss this and discuss this with other people. And that's yeah, kind of what the what the, what the show is about. So. Yeah, hopefully that answers your question there, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm a huge fan of Musashi and Sun Tzu and all the people you mentioned. Yeah, and it's it's just um yeah, it's it's just funny, like you know, when you when you read something, you're just like, Oh wow, you know, I it's it's almost like I get maybe confirmation bias, like you know, I was already kind of thinking like like that, but then to see how someone already said this like way, way before, they're like, Oh, I did invent this thing. <laughs> I guess someone someone already, already thought of it. It's kind of uh, it's like oh yeah so I guess if anything kind of like kind of reinforces that like oh yeah there's 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 just some good central concepts that that people kind of figured out and if anything martial arts is kind of just rediscovering that in like maybe different contexts but yeah it's 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 very interesting to me yeah it reminds me of uh, once you know the way broadly you'll see it in all things yeah <laughs> yes yeah 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 for sure yeah that's a that's a great one. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I've, yeah, that it's a great concept. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like once, yeah, because <laughs> you start to see, like, I, I think one, you know, what one of my coaches like told me, like, you know, once you know, like, like if the only tool you have is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's, that really is like a beginner kind of thing. But like, you know, once you get more of a tool set, you realize, oh just because I can use this tool doesn't mean it's necessarily the best tool like for, for the job. And there may be something else, like as you get more, more and more refined and that's, I mean, that's really part of the learning and growing process. And that's a, and that's a beautiful thing. And that's what I you know, definitely, definitely enjoy seeing. But um, that's yeah. a good one. I love that one. Yeah. But yeah, appreciate that, that question, Ryan. And I guess we're kind of heading like towards the end of this, but um yeah, are there any um, like any points that you know you want to make before we uh, before we take off? Yeah. Uh, I mean, n- nothing that comes to mind. I really just you know I thank you for your time. Um, I was like, man, what what quote? Yeah. Did I think of? I was like, pancreation philosophy. Yeah. This guy probably likes a lot of Greek stuff. Yeah. You know, philosophy origin is like Greek and. Uh, and pancreation is also uh, its origins was in Greece as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, pancreation was the it was the ancient sport of the Greeks that combined wrestling and like striking arts. So yeah. that's awesome. I'm also a huge Boss Rutan fan. Of course, yeah. yes. As <laughs> well <laughs> as my dad. My dad actually showed me Boss Rutan. Oh yeah. man, Boss! He's the best. He's the best. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like bo- Boss is great because it's like if they took you know, a martial arts cartoon and just brought, brought him out to life. And then he's just operating in the real world. Cause that's yeah. like, uh, that's, that's pretty much how, 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 how he talks. So it was like mannerisms, but then yeah, he, he, yeah, he actually does. Yeah. Like those, knows the stuff and some great, I mean, some, some great early, like, you know, pioneers, pioneering fights in, in MMA before like you know it was even called like mma <laughs> like there when it was just guys in boots hitting each other in japan 
yeah. 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 Where you're watching, you're like, what kind of kind of weird show you're watching there? But yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's, it's yeah, that definitely interesting in terms of history. But I guess like Ryan, like you know, before we take off, like how can um how can somebody you know let's say they heard something if they wanted to like to know more about you or hear more about yourself like how can they follow you like is there like a website or how can they get more information about you um appreciate the uh the the layup plug but um you know i have a youtube channel worth a lot of free content uh almost 300 videos on there and uh you can check it out anytime it's it's bj fanatics black belt ryan shaloya um and then any of my instructionals on bj fanatics are are also great to to check out as well i appreciate that and uh if anyone has any questions on on anything i i love to get messages from people so please feel free message me anytime with any questions uh instagram's probably a, a good way to contact me facebook too and uh man i just really appreciate your time and and uh, i'd love to come back on the show if uh if you'll have me i i have a, a ton more i have a ton more philosophy topics i wanted to to run by you too and uh man i just appreciate it so much so thank you yeah, no problem. Appreciate your time, Ryan. And I guess like uh, just in case, you know, people are, I mean, this is video, but there's also like audio of this in case somebody could just like spell out your name, your last name, just in case they, you know, don't know how to phonetically go about it. <laughs> that, that's a great point. Thank you. It's uh, Ryan, which is obviously R-Y-A-N. And then the last name is Shaloya, S-C-I-A-L-O-I-A. I got to like change my name or something. I know because it's, it's tough. But, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, man, you know, SEO, this is not working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for your time, Ryan. And yeah, thank you everybody for listening in and take care. Awesome. Have a great night, my friend. Thanks. You too, Ryan. Bye-bye.